0: and welcome back to the Treasure your gut podcast uh, i'm your host drew devitt and with me are three of my favorite people on planet earth luke beer sterling carroll and joining us for a special spot on this episode 23 of the Treasure your gut podcast is our dear friend matt morris what's going on guys what's up how what we doing Wanted. oh
1: buddy I am excited to have Morris Burrow on this
2: week.
1: Very excited to be here with you
2: guys. Uh, Special shout out to Devitt for uh, letting me be here tonight. And then just ready to talk some football with the boys. Extra excited to see Lucius tonight. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready to get into it.
0: Thank you thank you for the shout out uh we wanted you on so I'm glad that you uh you were able to cut out some time to do this. Uh, you know we're about talking about football with our boys and you're one of our best friends so might as well have you on right
1: might as well all right so me.
0: uh th- this week uh we're coming back from a bit of a hiatus uh we tried to record this episode last week but I had some technical difficulties uh Lucius cut out in the middle of our uh, recording so, we lost basically 30 minutes of footage, so we're back for round two.
3: Yeah, I shit the bed. My bad. It's
0: all
1: good Yeah, be. it is your bad. I'm kidding. <laughs> Whatever. Shit happens.
3: I'm over it. Let's go.
1: You guys should have a podcast but just only Lucius
0: speaking. I mean, he's the next Colin Cowherd. If you if you I'm really a- think about it.
3: Ooh. Nah, with the latest shit he said about Dwayne Haskins, I don't want to be anywhere near that man with a 10-foot pole.
0: (laughs) That's valid. That was so fucked.
3: (laughs) That was incredibly bad. Has he addressed that?
0: I didn't see anything today.
3: I don't think he has.
0: I hope he does eventually. Uh, That graphics designer deserves to be fired uh, on the spot. I mean, I know Colin has a whole team that is putting stuff on the video board for him. I mean, they misspelled can't, uh, and they threw a man R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins on on a, a can't win a Super Bowl. I mean, it was accurate, but in poor taste.
2: You know what? Also, I was listening to Colin the other day, and he was talking shit about Ohio State quarterbacks and how they can't play in the NFL, and Dwayne Haskins was also brought up in that conversation. So apparently that man has a vendetta or Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> bro. Apparently, Dwayne must
0: have DM'd lived or something. Like, he's got a vendetta. Then, if he's doing, if this is, if this is the second time,
3: I mean, how? God, either Colin, either he pissed off Cowherd or Cowherd just doesn't care about the fact that man is dead. So I like rest in peace, Haskins. But like, Coward needs to give it a, a rest, dude. Like, let,
0: so messed up. The man, up.
3: like, rest in peace, bro. He's got a... He, there's a t. Here is a million other living NFL athletes he can talk about <laughs> like he, he there's not it's not that hard
0: yeah um fire that graphics designer uh Colin double check your work next time um <laughs> this <Yeah>. week uh <laughs> what, what we talked about a little bit last week that we'll we'll talk about again this week uh is some of the dominating headlines that has been going around the NFL training camp um Mostly the the often new stuff, because training camp is all about drawing up hype and creating storylines for media to run with during the season. Um, and one of those main things is the running back uh, value and the market that we're in with that. So we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, the drama with Jonathan Taylor and the other elite backs. Um, and uh, NFL rookies, uh, they've been balling out. Uh, NFL Rookie Watch is pumping out as many uh, videos of... Uh, backs and receivers that have been looking honestly pretty solid um really trying to drum up some some talking points for the big guys and you know we'll talk about it too um and then we'll get into some college football uh the Pac-12 is gone um RIP RIP to the Pac um mac, uh it was all about the mac anyways that's real college football um so we'll talk Matching. about the state of the union of, uh, college football and, uh, go from there. I love it.
3: Head first boys. Let's roll.
0: All right, sweet. Um, so let's, uh, dive into kind of the biggest headline of this entire NFL training camp. Uh, all the off season stuff with the running back market. Um, Jonathan Taylor has kind of been, the focal point of this entire trying to restructure uh, what the value is of an NFL running back. Um, And it doesn't seem like he's doing very well. Uh, Jim Irsay is really trying to do his best to become the least likable NFL owner. Now that uh, Mr. Snyder is out and it's uh, now Irsay's, uh, you know, trying to save face by moving a whale. So, a lot of stuff going on uh, in Indy. You uh, just want to clear the air over there? Like, what the hell is going on in Indianapolis?
3: Well, as a lifelong Colts fan, my best speculation is I have no clue what's going on. Um Jonathan Taylor hasn't shown up to training camp last few days. Um, and then, as we saw in the Kareem Hunt free agency series, uh, he was doing a workout with the Saints. And then last minute, his agent called and said, hey, the Colts just offered you more money. Go to Indy. He went up to Indy today to do a workout. Colts announced this evening that they signed some running back I've never heard of. So, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on. Ursay's too busy flying around Orca Wales to freedom and not signing one of the best running backs in the league to a better contract. And, I mean, the Twitter feud between Ursay and uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent is just, you know, keep that shit in-house, man. Any beef like that out in public is not going to solve any problems. It's going to make it worse. And apparently, you know, Jonathan Taylor has a back injury that he suffered while he was not at – uh training camper at any sort of football activity. So it's just, you know, Indy's a shit show. Um, but I will say, uh, the one positive that I've seen from the training camps is that uh Anthony Richardson looks like everything we expected him to and more. Um they're reporting that he's gonna play in this season at about six four two fifty. Uh he's gonna be absolutely massive. Nuts. And it's Whoa. it's gonna be interesting to see how he uh gets this indie offense going. I'm really hoping the O-line keeps up this season. But, you know, Indy's a shit show per usual, as they have been since Andrew Luck retired mid-game. And I don't expect anything to clean up anytime soon. So, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see what happens. But I have high hopes. But Jim Mersey needs to stop driving around these training camps uh, in a golf cart ripping darts and handing out $100 bills and figure out how to manage this team.
0: Well said. I was just
1: gonna say well said. There's nothing really to add to that besides get John just get JT back on the field at Animal all. Get him an
3: extension. That's all I want.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's I mean, all it should be.
2: Um here is another point though. When was the like when was the last time a team won a Super Bowl with a superstar running back? It had to have been the Seahawks of Marshawn Lynch. It's been so long. So, I can understand their reason for not wanting to pay a running back, especially as he's getting into his late twenties but j t he has to be you know twenty four twenty five and still has a good three four years of his prime left, so I feel like he could be an exception totally
0: agree
1: yeah it's a it's a valid point um and you you're totally right like with the whole Super Bowl run, I don't think we can put the colts in that conversation though just yet <laughs> sorry beer, but um no, it's okay. I, I don't know. Four years, I think he's just going to be carrying a – he's just going to have that dynamic offense – or not dynamic offense, but the center point of a potentially dynamic offense. You know, now that you have the addition of Anthony Richardson, see how he pans out, if they can plug those two, Anthony Richardson and JT, to be, uh, you know, right-hand men, then, yeah, I can see them doing some very good things in the future. But right now, holy shit, what a – It's not looking too great.
0: I'm going to quickly address uh, a couple of your points. Um, If you'd like to rebuttal afterwards, feel free. Um, Yes, there's uh, some hype around Anthony Richardson uh, and his physical stature and weight uh, heading into uh, camp. Um, It was the same stuff during the combine. That's why he went where he did in the draft. Um, Top three pick. I think he was was third overall, correct? Third overall pick?
3: Richardson was fourth.
0: Fourth, sorry. Um, fourth uh, fourth overall pick. Uh, because of those intangibles, um, he's an insane a hundred percentile athlete. Like we've all known this. Um, uh, so this stuff coming out from camp doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but every single thing that comes out with camp of how impressive he looks, uh, just physically, um, I would beg to look at any of the Florida Gator supporters during the season. Um, and. Just think what the hell is he doing? Um, it was—it's always a mental thing. Uh, so we're not going to know how he pans out until then. Uh, in my opinion, uh, he's got a great quarterback guru to try to teach him—you know—more more pocket awareness. That was uh, one of his kind of flaws uh, in college. Um, some pocket awareness issues. Um, he hangs in there a little bit longer than uh, most people because um, he's so big. Um, but I'm sure. Um, they'll be able to tie some stuff up mentally with uh, Richardson, and I'm sure he'll be he'll be solid. Um, uh, it's it's hard to predict uh, for such a crazy athlete. Um, but with your Jonathan Taylor thing, uh, going back to the running back uh, market, uh, like Morris said, um, you pay the guy because he's still in his prime and he still has three to four more years. Um, but the whole issue with the running back market is a lot of these elite guys aren't getting contracts that they should be getting um, because a running backs prime in today's NFL is their rookie contract. And if you're really, really good on your rookie deal, um, you're being underpaid and you write out that contract until it's up and your prime is essentially over for most of the running backs in the NFL. Um, However, For the guys who are trying to hold out and try to get the bag, um, the Saquon, who ended up taking the one-year deal, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, requesting a trade months ago. I mean, those guys have been workhorse guys, uh, staples of offenses, who deserve to be paid a significant amount more. uh, Just from if you look at average wide receivers in the NFL, I understand their primes are longer, but... These guys are taking a beating out there, um, and their prime is still active. So I think just you, you got you got to pay the guys. Uh, it's just not good looks coming out of camp when you're moving an Orca uh, for twenty million dollars. By the way, I don't know if you saw the report of how much it cost Jim Irsay to move the Orca across the the U.S. It was reported at twenty million dollars, and Jonathan Taylor still on his rookie deal. So. Um, pay hey, your franchise guys um make it easier on Anthony Richardson because that's what he needs especially in his in his first year um since you brought up uh Seattle Morris uh look at look at what Russ did during uh, during that time uh he wasn't Russell Wilson like his prime Russell Wilson when they won a Super Bowl like he Marshawn carried a lot of that load behind a really good offense and Russ for a lot of that time was uh, play manager and was able to get the balls and uh, the ball into the hands of his playmakers on the outside. So, if you need to pay your guys because they're the guys carrying most of the load of your offense and getting a lot of touches, do it. That's my take.
3: I think that was well said.
0: Thank you. I mean, I've done two two times yeah, the- now to try to record that, so hopefully it came through good. <laughs>
3: No, I did. Um, I, Yeah, just the running back market, I mean, there's not much more that I can add that you didn't already say. But again, it's like, you know, there's always the principle of establish the run game. So they have to, you know, hunker down in the trenches and then that opens up your pass game a little more. But you can argue as much as you want that the running back position is becoming less rel- uh, prevalent and reliable um, and, you know, more of an integral part of the offense. But it still is. And the way these guys are getting underpaid is criminal. Um, Indy being, you know, the front runner of all that, you know, like Minnesota waving Dalvin cook. Like it's, you know, it's starting to become a problem. Um, These guys, prime's running out, like you said, but these dudes still need to get paid. They're still, you know, they're the tanks. They're the ones who, you know, can set momentum. They can punch it in at the goal line. You don't want a shitty running back back there that isn't going to do a job for you and let you down in crunch time. So no matter what the argument is, pay the boys
1: yeah speaking of i guess in
2: regards to uh minnesota waving De- delvin cook why would we not waive delvin cook we have to pay justin jefferson in a year who knows what's going to happen about Kirk, but justin jefferson is going to be the highest paid receiver in the nfl um and with all those record-breaking contracts last year No, that's not going to be a cheap number at all. And especially with Delvin, you know, being as old and as ineffective as he was last year. Maybe he had a few big runs, but for the most part, he had a lot of of negative yardage runs. So, you know, in my opinion, there was no other option other than to cut Delvin Cook. And he hasn't even been signed yet. Like, I feel like his value is just, you know much lower than you know the actual name i feel like his name just prompts people to get excited about him but in reality he's just not a good back anymore
0: dalvin's yards per carry dropped a whole yard in the last year season so uh, there's some definite definite signs of him regressing um and he didn't look good last year uh minnesota boy here yourself uh is telling you so um i personally don't love the uh trying to push the dalvin cook agenda um, I would be more behind the, let's get Kareem Hunt on, on a team somewhere because he still looked good last year. Um, and hell, I, I still probably take Zeke over Dalvin at this point, uh, just because he's a good goal line Um, that's, that's just my, if, if it's, if it's cheap, uh, cause we're getting to the point where, you know, preseason games are right around the corner. So if, if you're not learning the offense quickly, uh, you might be on a really really bad deal here pretty soon. Uh and that's the opposite of what a lot of the, the staple running backs want. So
1: That's a that's a hot take, Dev. I I respect I know the is. hell out of it. I mean, yeah, I, I know yeah, yeah. you
0: would. Uh I I hate Zeke. <laughs> I always have. Uh aside from his rookie year, I think he's he's so overrated. Um but the numbers don't lie. He was a great running back uh, uh in uh the red zone last year. Um Especially down the stretch when Tony Pollard kind of took over. Um, he had most of the usages, but at the goal line and then the red zone, Zeke still looked pretty solid um, and definitely cashed a few of those anytime touchdown parlays. So, oh, yeah. Or props. So, he was yeah, still but, a pretty good goal line back, but I mean, you, for the name alone, you're probably going to be overpaying for just a goal line guy at this point.
1: Yeah, that, you're right. Um, but with Delvin, I think you could still get some very high production in him. Um, I would say maybe two years from now, he's, it's a hard pass. But for right now, and especially if all the rumors are circulating with him going with Miami, dude, that's an amazing fit. That whole offense is explosive. Like he, he gets into there, you know, who knows what kind of back he's going to be. Um, I I mean, it, it is always a crowded backfield with when it comes to Miami because they they just always have so many different weapons back there. But uh, yeah, Dalvin, I think that's a perfect destination if he goes anywhere this year for the kind of money that he wants.
0: Yeah, Miami would be a good spot, spot for him if that's uh, where he does end up. Um, take a little bit of a load off, um, primarily of an uh, a passing heavy offense uh we saw how electric waddle and and tyreek were last year and i don't see that uh changing much um however it all depends on tua's health um and his concussions so we'll see where that goes uh miami's going to be a very interesting team going into the year um but yeah uh bottom line uh if dalvin zeke and kareem uh, uh Kareem hunt are all still available and melvin gordon is signed somewhere um Something is going uh, uh, amok. Uh, Melvin Gordon is the worst running back in the NFL, in my opinion. He was so terrible last year. <laughs> so I'm sure these guys will end up somewhere, but it's going to be on pennies on the dollar, and it's just it's just a really bad thing for the running back market in general, especially when Saquon's holding out uh, or held out uh, for getting that one year like seven million dollar deal or whatever, so he doesn't have to pay on the play on the tag, and then Jonathan Taylor. Josh Jacobs, still not at camp. Devontae giving him shit uh, over social media for that. And um, Austin Eckler requesting a trade months ago at this point. Um, and it still doesn't seem like they're any closer to uh, paying the man. So it'll be interesting how a lot of this stuff pays out. plays out.
1: Josh Jacob de- he definitely needs a job, though, because he has a lot of kids he has to pay for. He
0: does have <laughs> a lot of kids he has to pay for. I mean... Dude had 1,600 rushing, rushing yards last year. He was the most efficient, or probably not most efficient, but he had the most rushing yards uh, in the NFL last year. So, I don't know. He was a really good fucking back. The NFL, uh, the NFL players think so. They voted him, what, in the NFL? He was high. Yeah, he was 16? 16? I don't know if that number is exact, but.
1: He was in yeah, top 20 for sure.
0: He was 100% in the top 20, but I don't know exactly which number it is. I could double check here in a sec um but yeah players love them pay the man that's all i got for the running back market
2: you know what in, in regards to zeke you know i thought he looked fantastic last year and on one specific play that last play against the niners in the playoffs man, that, that was <laughs> awesome you should get re-signed
0: pro bowl center ezekiel elliott
1: I just hope the boys can bring him back on a one-year deal. Have him play, like, third string or some shit. Just keep him on the team. Because um, if he goes anywhere and pulls that shit, oh, my God. He's cooked forever. It was so Welcome. bad. <laughs>
0: uh, I saw so many videos of him getting run over at center. It was the funniest thing ever.
1: That's just not a way you want to go out. That's a that's poor not. man.
0: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dude needs to get in the gym. Um, y'all ready to move on to the, uh, the next kind of big topic here.
1: Let's do it. Let's hit it.
0: All right. The other, uh, kind of big headlines, uh, coming out of, uh, training camp is primarily, uh, how a lot of the NFL rookies seem to be panning out. Uh, I know there's probably going to be one in particular that Mr. Matthew Morris will want to discuss here. Cause he's been texting me, uh, at random uh, just trying to send me video of how nice Mr. Jordan Addison looks. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll run through some of our our favorites of some of the video that we've been seeing. Um, and if any of them are worth a stash in fantasy, um, we're all, all four of us are part of the same fantasy league. Uh, we give each other shit uh, every year. Um, Mr. Sterling Carroll is our commissioner. Um, he's terrible at his job. So we'll see uh, how things go. Um, and, Uh, We'll run through some names here that, personally, I think have uh, have stood out from the video I've seen. Um, Maybe one or two that I'm not buying the hype for. Um, And I would love to get your guys' opinions on it.
1: Shoot.
2: Let's jump into it.
0: Um, I would like to start off uh, with Matthew Morris' favorite wide receiver, too, in the NFL, Jordan Um, I hate to admit he looks really good. Matt, want to talk about some of his game in this film you've been seeing uh, from camp so far?
2: Yeah, so I'm just going to add a comment here. You know, after he got in that speeding incident, you know, there wasn't much hype around him. It was more just, you know, Vikings made another draft bust um, mistake here. And, you know, through camp, he's just been absolutely fantastic, turning heads. Let's just say the hype on Jordan Addison went from zero to 140 really quick here. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. No, ended on that, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like he is just the perfect fit to run right next to Justin Jefferson. Let's face it. Adam Thielen was absolutely cooked last year. (laughs) Um, He could not get open to save his life. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we had to make a mid season trade for TJ Hawkinson. But, now, just imagining Jordan Addison, who's been as smooth as a route runner as you can possibly imagine through his career at Penn State, USC, and now in camp with the Vikings, paired with Justin Jefferson, open when he's not open, and then TJ Hawkinson. I, I think we're in for a big year, and Kirk is going to light it up this year.
1: Agreed. Love Kirk. Love Jordan Addison. Great points. As long as Jordan Addison can keep that speed on the field, they're looking real good. But I do love KJ Osborne so damn much, and I brought this up last pod. He's the fucking man. I really want to get your opinion on KJ from a a soda fan.
2: Yeah, so I mean, KJ, um, he definitely caught on at the end of the season last year when you know Thewin kind of disappeared. KJ and Hawkinson were definitely stepping up. KJ especially. Within that game against the Colts, and then um, the playoff game, game against the Colts, one to remember? Shout out Luke Beer. That was we don't want to remember a horrendous. damn thing. About that was a good that. one. That was a good one. <laughs> but honestly, I think KJ will start out the season as the number two, and then I think Jordan Addison is just going to play lights out, and he'll eventually come up to two, and KJ will be number three. But, you know, having three solid options in your receiving core or oh, really, especially when we have been getting rid of or when we have gotten rid of Delvin Cook, you know, I, I feel like this offense is in for something special as long as the whole line can keep Kirk healthy.
1: Yeah. And, and somebody else too that you guys have is uh, Madison kind of gives a little bit of spurt, like spurts of, of Dalvin Cook too. Just in a way, he's he's just one of those workhouse backs, um, and that's awesome. They love love to see it. You guys didn't really. You put it in hindsight now, you guys aren't missing much by waving Dalvin Cook because you got Madison and four very capable receivers getting open and and uh, Kirk delivering week by week. Just need Kirk to show up in prime time. That's it.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's definitely facts. And last year, the offense wasn't a problem at all either. It was just our defense was horrendous. I think we we're 31st or 32nd in the league. Uh, but this year, we do have a lot of young talent and Brian Flores coming in. But that's a separate story. Uh, I'll let you guys get on to the next rookie receiver or keep discussing Addison if you, Devitt, or Beer had any comments to add.
3: I think y'all pretty much, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head.
0: head with Addison.
3: Oh, well, there you
0: go. Great minds think alike. Um, incredible. Yeah, I think, I think you did hit the nail on the head. Um, his route running has been uh, really crisp out of camp. Uh, that video of the toe touch on the sideline, very impressive. Um, they're definitely turning heads in Minnesota. That offense is, I don't think going to miss a beat losing Dalvin and probably will improve, uh, from what they've added in the offseason. Um, really does depend on their defense, uh, and see how they can play in close games again this year. Since, uh, I would like to remind, uh, our Minnesota fan, um, that they had a negative win differential at when I believe they were 11 and the three at one point. So, uh, frauds, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out this year.
2: Yeah, and we still beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, so I mean, that was a hell of a game.
0: Justin Jefferson put yeah, his team on yeah. the back there. That, that catch was incredible. Fourth and
1: 18. That was wild.
0: Nuts. Alrighty, um, the next rookie that I kind of wanted to talk about um, is from one of my favorite teams from last year, um, and a squad that I rode with, with our fast fours quite often. Um, I think Vegas disrespected them for a long, long time. And I was an early adapter of the New York giants. Um, and I am really excited to see once preseason begins of the reps that Jalen Hyatt is going to be taking, uh, during the game because he looks very impressive. Um, he was clocked at practice at an unofficial time of running 24 miles per hour. Um, That is now the fastest man in the NFL, if those numbers are true. Uh, On field, the fastest Tyreek Hill has ever ran for reference is 23.2 miles per hour. Uh, And Usain Bolt's top speed in a world record uh, 100-meter dash was 27.8 miles per hour. So Jalen Hyatt is very fast. Um, And I said this last week, I'm going to continue with this comparison because I I think it matches him pretty well. Uh, The New York Giants could have gotten themselves a steal with a very Deshaun Jackson-esque receiver to be able to take the top off of a very reliable run game with Saquon. Um, and adding Darren Waller in the offseason to attack the seam. Um, those are your three levels of the space you need to attack in an offense. And I think it's going to make for a very good um, and capable offense as long as Daniel Jones uh, doesn't look as bad as he did against the Lions in, in the training camp, but the Detroit lines are kind of legit. Uh, newsflash. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how the Giants pan out. Um, if they continue to progress from last year, Dable is a hell of a head coach. He proved that last year. Um, and it'll be interesting to take to see if they take some strides moving forward um, or if they kind of get stonewalled here. But I think Jalen Hyatt is definitely someone to be, keeping an eye out in the later rounds of fantasy just because I think he has some of that Deshaun Jackson ability uh, to have like three catches for 120 yards and a tud because he has that, that much speed. Um, I would love to know your guys' take on Mr. Hyatt and what your thoughts are on him for potential fantasy implications.
1: I don't know if I pick him up in in the draft. I I would say, I kind of want to see him play out first couple games. Um, but yeah, his speed is undeniable. It's just really to see how it pairs up well with what what kind of connection does Daniel Jones and him have uh, in live games, and I think that's really going to dictate if he's going to be hot on the waiver on the waivers. So, I, I would give it a couple weeks if I'm giving any advice.
3: I think that's fair. Um, I mean, the only way I'd really touch him is maybe, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, throw him in somewhere. as just like a stash to see what happens. Um, Because like Sterling said and like Devitt said, his athleticism is, you know, undeniable. He's he's kind of a freak out there on the field. Um, But I think it has less to do with his ability and more so like what we've been saying with Daniel Jones. Um, He had a pretty decent season. Uh, last year, and I think he got overpaid as shit this offseason, so now it's really time for him to put his money where his mouth is and make sure that the Jets made, or the Jets shit, wrong New York, Giants made a good investment on him. Um, and so it'll just be, you know, I think it'll be more so figuring out if Daniel Jones has, you know, the balls to pull off another great season with the money he's been paid and then hopefully uh, he'll work up into the repertoire of you know getting it to this guy
2: hit yeah and uh um do you go want for me it. to go here you go okay um yeah so i mean just another comment here so um jalen hyatt he did win the blitnikoff at tennessee last year watching him was really fun um the thing that I noticed, though, he was just always wide open. So, how much does that actually have to do with Jalen Hyatt's ability versus Tennessee's scheme? I think a lot has to do with Tennessee's scheme. As for like a player comparison of Jalen Hyatt, um, I'd say less Deshaun Jackson and more Will Fuller. I, I don't think he has the lateral movement and like agility as like a Tyree kill, Jalen Waddle, Deshaun Jackson. Um, also, his ball skills, I would say, are iffy at best, too. Um, so I guess I guess we'll see how it pans out. But um, I, I don't have too much confidence in him. I guess maybe like a 14-15 round pick in the draft, just because, you know, why not? I feel like Danny Jones will pass a little bit more this year, especially if added weapons of Pyatt and Darren Waller. But um, I'm I'm not too high on him this year.
0: Don't sleep on my boy yeah. Isaiah Hodgins either. That is a weapon out there. <laughs> All right. Oregon State Beaver. He's my dog.
1: You got to give it to Isaiah Hodgins. He's, he put in work last season. Uh, honestly, valid points, Morris. Um, he is, I didn't even think of it, but it is so much like Will Fuller. But I hope there isn't that huge drop-off like there was with, Will Fuller, because I, I haven't heard that name in so long, but it, yeah, he had the speed, just like Jalen Hyatt. I'm probably not that fast, but yeah, you, a lot of points he made, fucking solid. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see.
0: It's it's the two end of the spectrums for the for the speed demons. We'll see if Jalen Hyatt has more uh, Will Fuller or Deshaun Jackson in him. Um, I also want to quickly point of note. Um, I, I do agree with Tennessee's scheme was very 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 impressive last year, um. But Hendon Hooker was his boy, um, and I think Daniel Jones is definitely capable of being able to put it on the money. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is just as good as an arm as Hendon Hooker, so I don't think uh placement is going to be that big of a deal, especially on the deep ball. Um, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I I. I do want to point out. I'm not saying take him in the 12th round. I'm definitely saying like a stash, like definitely like wide receiver five, uh, but definitely still worth an option. Um, I don't think he should be going. I don't think he should be going undrafted. Is my opinion in fantasy leagues. Like if you're in a, a 12 man, I think he should be on someone's roster somewhere.
1: There's a lot of good rookie receivers coming in. So exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to name drop right now, but JSN. Mm, I don't
0: know. We're getting to him. Okay. Um. Actually, since you you brought him up, uh, I'll let you go. Uh, let's let's talk some Jackson Smith and Jigba and the Seattle Seahawks because I don't think enough people are talking about Seattle. Um, let's let's give him some some shine here at TYG.
1: Yeah, dude, JSN, he's he's a doll, dude. But my only my only concern here is is it too many mouths to feed in Seattle. Hopefully not, because dude we've seen how Metcalf and Lockett can find their own way to, to get open. You're adding that third piece now. Um I really just want to see how things play out, but I definitely worth think I think he's worth a stash at the end of the draft. Um him and we're gonna leave other rookie receivers out of this right now, but there's a there's a couple other guys that are definitely worth this stash spot towards the end of the draft.
0: I know who you're talking about next, but we're getting to him next. Don't worry about it. Okay.
2: And let's be honest, you're not going to get Jackson Smith at the end of the draft. um, You know, It's going to be like seventh, eighth round at least, um, I think. But yeah, I mean, I agree the talent on this guy is unreal. When he was healthy at Ohio State, he led the team in receiving with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were both studs last year. So um no question, I feel like he's gonna be incredible in the NFL. Um is the opportunity there? i, I still think there is because Seattle's gonna pass the ball a lot this year. Who even is Seattle's tight end, by the way?
0: Uh Noah Fant yeah. is on the roster.
2: Fant oh, Will okay. Disley. I don't even think they have a relevant tight end at all, but Noah Fant was pretty
0: good down the stretch. Yeah. Don't be shading my boy. He got his ass out of Denver. He was producing with Gino.
1: I mean, just all the
2: hype's been around the receivers this year, so it's been pretty tough to even pay attention to anyone else on that team at all. The running back situation, thats that's been a mess, but um, Beer, did you have anything to add?
3: I mean, not really. i all kind of hit the nail on the head with this again. Um, I agree with Devitt, though. Seattle's not getting enough recognition. Um, I think they'll definitely make some noise this year. Um, if Gino's able to do what he did last year, then you know, watch out for Seattle to have a pretty good season once they figure out their running back situation and everything else. But they, the potential's definitely there.
0: If Kenneth Walker comes back healthy, uh, I would 100% uh take the over on whatever their win total is on FanDuel. Um uh, beer, I'm sure you can pull that one uh, that one up for me of whatever Seattle's sitting at. But I honestly see that them winning like five games in their division. The Cardinals suck. The Rams are not as good as Seattle. Um and I can definitely see them splitting with uh the Niners because it's so hard to play in Seattle himself. Uh and if you're chalking up that for five wins, uh you only need about. I'm assuming that they're sitting at nine and a half, because uh, most teams are uh, only need five more wins. I, I would, I would a hundred percent book the Seattle Seahawks at at least ten wins. Um, I think they're legit. They have two of the best young corners in in football. Uh, it was a great draft pick uh, taking Devin Witherspoon. Um, he he's a stud. Um, and pairing him with their standout from last year, um, that's that. That defense is looking mighty scary again, um, and they have arguably the top three wide receiving core in the league with Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. So Gino's got a lot of weapons, especially if Kenneth Walker is remotely healthy. Um, that offense, uh, that offensive line wasn't too shabby either. So I, I would be heavily looking into. Um, a win total for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, shout out Nick Roachek. This pains me to say this, by the way. Um, but I think they're going to be pretty freaking good this year. Um, they're 100 percent at least a wild card team because uh, that division is pretty poor outside of the Niners, who are obviously loaded.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so their win total sits right now at eight and a half. I think the biggest questions. Or one of the biggest question is, will Geno Smith produce like he did last year? Is it is this only a one-year kind of thing where he's like, all right, I found my mojo, I think. And then, you know, I, I'm just crossing my fingers hoping that's not the case because they do have a chance to do some damage in this league, uh, especially with a piss-poor division, surprisingly. Um, it's really them and the Niners, like you said.
0: I mean, eight and a half just seems almost insulting for, for that. I mean, I I would literally pencil in four wins just with the Rams and the Cardinals alone, um, and I think Gino does repeat because of how how many weapons he has. It's it's like saying Kirk's not going to repeat this year. Um, obviously Gino wasn't as good as Kirk throughout his career, but Gino looked pretty freaking good last year, and he didn't do anything like radical radically different he played like gino uh but had a great head coach um and he had some time actually in the system uh, he didn't look great when he was replacing russ when he when russ went down um the year before he got traded but that was a guy who was thrown directly into a system and probably wasn't ready to be uh, uh manning an offense um he looked comfortable last year um and was able to get the ball uh to lock it and Metcalf pretty consistently um and adding arguably the best slot draft prospect in the last like five years, Uh, can't hurt the guy. So I think definitely consider over 8.5 on the win shares for Seattle. Yeah, you heard it here first. I like that take. This is not gambling advice, by the way.
3: Nope. Never. Bunch of idiots talking about sports. I'll take it seriously.
0: I'm saying for my own personal issues, just consider it. Just give it a thought. <laughs> a little, <laughs> little gander. little search the web. I don't know. Morris, the web.
2: Um, yeah, I feel like you have to have a disclosure at the end of this podcast after that one.
0: There's always a disclosure. Might this, not is not, this is not okay. betting advice. Never betting advice.
2: Nope, never has been, never like a sexy Siri. You gotta have like a sexy Siri have the disclosure read. That'd be really cool. We <laughs> I'll chat, in GBT, get on it.
0: it right now. Already on it. Already on it. Please gamble responsibly. We'll throw that at the end there. But this is not gambling advice. Alright, um... Nope. Last uh, rookie receiver that I kind of wanted to cover. Um, who's been sticking out quite a bit on social media and with some, uh, with some video uh, Sterling alluded to it earlier. We talked about him uh, in our last episode last week, uh, quite a bit, because I think this team in particular is very, very interesting. Um, and this guy adds a very interesting re- wrinkle to that offense. Um, and going to make their division a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, Mr. Zay Flowers looks pretty impressive in camp. Um, I am 100% looking at him um, for like a wide receiver three slash flex uh, option. Um, Maybe wide receiver two if you go two running backs first, uh, but that'd be a stretch. Um, But he looks really, really good um, from the video I've seen. Um, And I think either him or Rashad Bateman are bound to break out in that Raven's offense, but I think it's going to be Zay Flowers. I, I don't see Bateman having as big of an impact as Zay Flowers will. Um, I would put my chips on him rather than Bateman, but that offense is is going to be good again, and it pains me to say that because I don't love Lamar. I never have, but he's fucking good. Uh, and he will be able to get the ball to one of those two guys, and and they signed OBJ, so that offense is going to be very interesting. I'd like to hear your guys' opinion on on Zay Flowers versus Rashad Bateman kind of take.
1: Zay Flowers is the man, dude. He is he's honestly going to be that wide receiver one for them. I think as soon as the chemistry is starting to click even more and more throughout the season with him and Lamar, I think it's there's, it's going to be unstoppable. And then you have to worry about. Bateman, OBJ, even Duvernay, dude produces too, um, just as good as Bateman last season. So uh, they've they've got weapons all around. Of course, they got Mike or Mark Andrews. Uh, who the hell knows what's going to happen with J.K. Dobbins? Can he get on the field? Can he not? Uh, but at that point, you got Lamar in the backfield. It doesn't really matter at that point. So I can totally see Zay Flowers breaking out. Dude looks like a stud. College training camp videos. I mean. I'd love to see him in a, in a preseason game at least once uh, just to see a little something before we get the season kicked off. But yeah, dude is a dog. He's definitely going to be on my radar worth a draft pick.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Sterling put it well here. Um, you know, I think Zay Flowers coming out of college, he was one of my favorite players out of the draft. He's going to be fantastic, Um, and I suppose the number one receiver for Baltimore by default. I I do like Bateman a lot, Um, coming from Minnesota out of college. He was fantastic there. His problem is he can't stay healthy at all. Um, When he is healthy, very good receiver. But, you know, he's losing a lot of reps right now at a training camp just being uh, injured which has allowed flowers to kind of take his spot um, and then for fantasy wise um, I think all Ravens receivers you know they're gonna be better than typical it's it's been a while since we have had a good Ravens receiver in fantasy probably Hollywood Brown and he was pretty mid to be honest but um, now with uh Todd Monkin coming in as offensive coordinator from Georgia I feel like they are gonna throw the ball a lot more and that brings up the point um maybe lamar's fantasy value can tank because they're gonna be throwing a lot more so that's another discussion we have but that was my thoughts on the current state of the
0: ravens and Zay flowers definitely an interesting wrinkle um i didn't really consider um that offensive coordinator coming in um and having potentially lamar be in the pocket more um but you have to figure if you have an athlete like Lamar, you kind of have to let him do Lamar things um, and run the ball when he can. Um, he kind of, he didn't take a, a, a step back with the amount of running that he did last year, like a lot, but he did. Like the, it was a noticeable, uh, how do I say this? How do I phrase this? Um, a noticeable drop in the amount of rushing attempts. Um He's still incredibly athletic, um, and I don't think that uh, that affects him as much uh, for his uh, his fantasy value. Um, but I do think that it does help Zay Flowers' case of being a pretty reliable wide receiver three option.
3: I think you guys all hit the nail on the head again. I mean, so far... According to me, we're killing this. Um, But with Baltimore specifically, um, I don't trust them. I really just – their performance last season, they – whenever I noticed anything Baltimore was doing, they were winning games they weren't supposed to win and losing games they weren't supposed to lose. And I think they're just – they're kind of a wild card. It's just like they're really good. They, They have the capacity to be really good, but there's a lot of times where they just aren't. And, you know, a notice credit to, you know, Lamar is still Lamar. Zay Flowers is going to be awesome. Odell's not going to be the same, but that's something we all expected anyhow. Um, It's a possibility for them to be good, but I've yet to see the consistency in the regular season for them, unlike the preseason where Baltimore's won 23 straight preseason games over the last few years. So their preseason team's awesome, but they are – wildly inconsistent in the regular season for me, and it's just kind of it's risky to pick up anybody who plays for Baltimore. Except, you know, Mark Andrews, he's kind of the same thing, too. I mean, he's tight end number two, basically, so it's, you know, he's either really good or he shits the bed that week. That's just, just kind of how Baltimore works. Um, I'm hoping they kind of figure it out more this year, but in my opinion, they're very it, their performance fluctuates a lot more than I'd be comfortable with to back them on anything.
0: Boomer bust, if you will.
1: Indeed, that division's gonna be that division is gonna be so interesting. We can already put the Browns last because they're dog yeah. water, um, and then it's gonna be the Bengals and kind of. I, I see kind of like a shootout between the Steelers and and the Ravens.
0: Oh, hold on, hold on. How are you I, glancing? I only how are you glancing over the bang, putting the Bengals in third in that division? Are you high?
1: No, no. I just said. I just said the Bengals. Out top. Oh, Did okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I, I, yeah, yeah. I completely missed no, no,
0: no. what you were saying.
1: Browns yeah. for last. Browns last, Bengals up top, okay. and then you got a little little battle between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. I just like these these hypothetical situations. It helps me fill it out a little bit more and see who's actually going to produce. Um I I, I kind of like the Ravens though. They're going to do good things.
0: Don't count out them Steelers though. That Pickett Pickens connection is seems to be growing even more uh, in this training camp. They're getting quite a lot of hype.
3: Yes it does. Yeah, interest pickens is overrated.
0: Morris, are you buying in on the you know on that hype or no?
2: Um, I think Pickens is overrated. That's what I'll say. And then the Browns, I feel like, could have a sleeper season, you know, um, just have to watch out for Deshaun. Like, what if he gets to, like, 80% of what he was with the Texans? Then, you know, with Nick Chubb and their defense, they could be in for a surprise season. So we'll have to stay tuned for that.
1: I have a personal vendetta with the Browns. So they're always going to be last in my book. Sure it. I live with an annoying yeah. roommate who's – just god awful. He talks about the Browns like they're damn god. Um, yeah, can't do it, guys. Um, they're last.
0: I think they're going to be competitive. I will say it's kind of. Oh, go for it, beer.
3: I was just going to say. Um, we kind of mentioned this before we start recording, but it's kind of hysterical. Um, last I checked, the books had their win total at nine and a half. I don't see it. Um, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, they're in a tough division. They have a tough schedule. We haven't seen anything we can trust from Deshaun Watson. Um, he, lack of a better term, he sucked ass last season. Um, he did. And, you know, like Sterling was talking about with Burke. I mean, Burke will tell everybody on earth they're the only NFL team with a win right now because they won the Hall of Fame preseason game. So that doesn't mean jack shit. And
0: Let's see what you I'm know, saying? It's,
3: I would be shocked if the Browns hit double digit wins this season. I just I mean they have a great O line. We know I mean that's a given, but that'll only get you so far if Deshaun can't get his shit together. And so far I haven't seen anything that really indicates that we can trust Deshaun Watson to get the job done in Cleveland.
1: Uh what do you expect? You have old for two years.
3: Uh yeah, I mean I don't expect a lot but from all the hype that Cleveland's given this kid and as much as they paid him, he needs to do something faster. This is gonna look ugly pretty quick.
0: I I have two talking points with the brands. Um one, you've already kind of uh touched on it a bit, is Deshaun did look really bad last year. Um a lot of people are trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, uh, because he only played in seven games and he came and he couldn't, you know practice and participate with the team during his suspension for the majority of that time. So he was trying to pick things up on the fly. Um, However, uh, from the experts that I've seen break down his film, um, not impressive, Uh, missing a lot of simple reads in that film Um, stuff that he just never would have done in Houston. Uh, He looked really bad uh, last year. Um, And it doesn't seem like he's getting much praise coming out of camp uh this year either. Um it's I haven't seen a single report being like Deshaun Watson looks like his former self. Like I just haven't. Um like I'm seeing that out of the Jets. Uh from uh hey Aaron Rodgers and Hard Knocks. Uh Aaron Rodgers looks like uh he did during his M V P campaign. He's putting balls in places that no other human can possibly do. Uh I haven't I haven't pause. I haven't uh heard any of that from Deshaun and that concerns me a lot especially with uh how in this is my second talking point how in I am on Nick Chubb in fantasy this year I hate sharing this information with you guys because you guys are in our fantasy league but I am so goddamn in on Nick Chubb this year I don't think it's getting enough coverage on how valuable I think his pick would be like cuz his like average draft position is like the 106 107 um and that's nuts. He's the best running back in the NFL, uh, in my opinion, um, hands down. Um, and now he doesn't have Kareem Hunt taking away from his passing game. Uh, he's going to be used more in the passing game this year. Uh, he's going to be having more touches in general. His usage rate's only going to go up. And Kareem Hunt... Kareem, people forget Kareem Hunt was a serviceable RB2 uh, like through half of the year last year. Um just because of his goal line touches uh, and his catching ability. And they didn't bring in, uh, from what I know, they haven't brought in a backup running back who's nearly as talented as a Kareem Hunt, who can take that amount of usage. So I think Chubb is going to get quite the boost. Um, and he's like the third running back. Some people want to take Bijan John Robinson over Nick Chubb this year, and that makes no sense to me. Um, I would really, really, really heavily conser- uh, consider taking Nick Chubb higher than a lot of people are in that first round.
1: Would you, if you have a top three pick, are you taking Nick Chubb?
0: No, I'm taking Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, or uh, Jamar Chase with the top three. I'm with the consent. Uh, I'm with the the consensus top three. I think those are definitely the top three guys, and that's kind of what ESPN and Sleeper has as the top three guys. I wouldn't take Chubb as in, in the top three. But I would consider him so, as like the third running back off the board. Okay.
1: Because you, you said that he's sitting around projected 6-7? Yep. Is that what you said? Yep. Cause, so he's kind of like in that 4-5 range? For
0: you. Um, Could be. Um, The kind of consensus right now, uh, Morris beer sterling correct me if i'm wrong is that it's kind of been justin jefferson one christian mccaffrey two, jamar chase three uh four i've seen a lot of um cooper excuse me oh yeah a lot of cooper cup at four or um sorry um austin eckler at four as well so those two um Austin Eckler was the top fantasy back last year. So those two, and that, and then you're already at at five. Uh, right there, I would consider taking Chubb. I really would. Um, unless you want to take Tyreek Hill, um, which can never be a bad option. Um, so if I'm at five or six, I would definitely consider either Tyreek or Chubb, and I think you can't go wrong with either. I just think Chubb has so much potential to be the running back one overall this year.
1: I'd love to see if it pans out that way. I really do.
3: I think there's a solid chance it does. I mean, it was, like I said earlier, as much as I love to shit on the Browns, they've still got one of the best O-lines in the league. And you get a great O-line behind an absolute train of a running back. He's and And also with a quarterback who we don't know don't really know if we could fully rely on yet. I mean, Chubb's poised for a pretty big year, so I personally, I think that's a pretty good take, and i would I would agree with all that, David.
0: Thank you. I hate giving you inside my own inside thoughts uh, on our own fantasy league. so but I gotta do it. gotta do it for the people.
2: yeah, Debit. if I get six or seven pick, I'm instantly taking Nick Chubb, and hopefully you're the. Pick, pick right eight. next
1: to me. <laughs> yeah. Still, I think it's going to rig this fight on site. This
0: fucking draft.
1: Oh, hell yeah, I am. You
0: You're kidding? giving me the eighth pick. <laughs> we already knew he was a Drew corrupt Tevin, You are the eighth overall pick.
1: Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to get too much of fantasy, but we're going to have a fun way to choose our draft order. That's for sure.
3: Good. I uh, Interesting.
0: Just, uh, I do think the eighth pick this year is probably the worst in a 12-man league. Um, unless you, unless yeah. you can find a way to double up on, well, actually probably not. I'd probably split running back wide right receiver, but we'll talk more fantasy, uh, down the line. Um, last two rookies I wanted to briefly touch on, um, since we're talking running backs, uh, would be Mr. B. John Robinson himself. Um, and, uh, Jameer Gibbs, who is impressing a whole shit ton. Um, in camp, um, and Detroit has been using him all over the place. Um, he's been used in the slot, which is very, very um, nice to see. Um, using him definitely as kind of a combination, as like not not uh, Alvin Kamara, not Debo Samuel, but like somewhere in between um, of those two guys. That's kind of what Jameer Gibbs seems to be looking at uh, in Detroit, from uh, what we've seen out of camp so far. And he looks deadly. I'd consider him as a running back too. If you're if you're heavily into like taking uh, one and one, or if you have like a Kelsey pick. Um, but yeah, um, I have, I think Bijan Robinson. I stated it earlier. I think he's being drafted way too high. Um, but he's gonna be a stud. I'm, he looks really good. But just over Nick Chubb is crazy to me, or Derrick Henry, like that's wild.
3: I, yeah, I can't yeah, really I understand mean, why people are so high on Bijan. Like, don't get me wrong. Dude was a stud in college, like we just said. But it's – I'm always hesitant to, you know, support a college player that comes in the league like this and he has this much hype behind him because, like I said, I'm a see it to believe it kind of kind of guy when it comes to that kind of shit. So it's – I mean, the hype's – I think warranted based on what we saw, but for as much as he's getting, it's I, I got a lot to see before I can be like, yeah, this dude is the real deal for at least being in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I've said this before too. I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here, but um, the same situation happened with me uh, when Saquon first came in the league, and people were saying the same thing, like rookie running back, first round. Too high. Don't do it. Did it? It worked out wonderfully. Um, I think this is one of the same situations. Basically, it's the same kind of offensive struggles at that point in time when the Giants uh, were drafting Saquon, and same thing with Atlanta this year. I mean, yeah, they got Kyle Pitts, or uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's who it is. But that line isn't going to hold up. I think Desmond Ritter's going to be dumping it off quite a bit, and they're going to utilize. They're going to utilize Robinson a lot out of the backfield, um, whether that be passing or running the ball. I think he's going to be a stud. As far as Jamir Gibbs goes, don't rule out David Montgomery. I think it's going to be an interesting first six games for uh, for that backfield for Detroit. Um, kind of, I, I hate to say this, but I would take David Montgomery at like around six or seven, just because there's that potential that it's a real battle. I'm just going to throw that one out there.
2: Do you think he's going to be in like the Jamal Williams spot where he's just going to be getting all the goal line work and just rack up all the touchdowns?
1: I think it could be exactly like that. Yeah. And yep, yeah, and Jameer. I mean, dude, Gibbs is gonna be a stud. He's gonna be a stud, especially in that passing game. Um, but yeah, goal line carries, Montgomery, dude.
2: Yeah. Um. I guess my thoughts on Bijan. How do you even say his name? Bijan. Um, anyways, Bijan Mustard. There we go. Um, Anyways, so the Falcons, they're kind of slept on, I feel like. Like, if you look at the statistics last year, they were third in the league in rushing yards per game. They have a pretty good O line. If you look back, Tyler Algier rushed for over a thousand yards last year. So, if everything goes to Bijan, B- I don't Bijon. even want to say it anymore. All right. Whatever his name is, Bijan. Um, Yeah, if he's the workhorse back, along with, you know, all that rushing that comes with uh, being on the Falcons, having Desmond Ritter as a QB, he is an incredible receiving back, too. And I should expect at least like 70 to 80 targets this year. So I was hearing something that in full PPR, like one target equals like two and a half rush attempts or something in fantasy football. So if you add those 70 targets on top of what he's going to be getting just through his rushing attempts, he's going to get a lot of work. And I feel like he could be, he has the potential to be a league winner in fantasy this year. Um, it's just how much risk are you willing to take on with your first overall pick? Cause he, he is a risk. I feel like if there are still options on the board like Chubb, I feel like I'd rather go up Chubb. But if you look at like Saquon or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard, any of those guys, I feel like you'd be doing yourself a wrong
0: if you did not select Robinson or at least consider it. I agree with that. Um, I think the ceiling definitely takes Bijan over Tony Pollard, most definitely. Um, Josh Jacobs, just because of the contract situation. Um, and I'm not sure who was the last guy you mentioned? Saquon. I wouldn't go that far. I would still take Saquon over Bijan, uh, but it's definitely a discussion to be had and definitely some thought uh, that you would have to take. Um, it's kind of just, I like Saquon's floor a little bit more. Um, and he was a league winner last year for a lot of people. Um, unless you drafted uh, Kyle Pitts, who all of a sudden became um, a blocking tight end. Um, then you were pretty, then you were pretty set with Saquon. Um Shout out Kyle Pitts, I will I will never draft him ever again. Um, but yeah, those are those are the last of the of the rookies I wanted to speak on. Um, aside from a quick shout out uh, to Mister John Mechie, um, we're rooting for him at all costs. Um, what a great fucking story coming out of camp. Um, I hope he just balls out uh, with Stroud in Houston, um, and I'm rooting for him.
1: Houston, man. Their win totals at six and a half. Interesting. Interesting. That dude, that that offense is gonna deal, bro. I don't know.
0: I think that's a. I, I think, think that's a good I point. really do. I think it might be exactly six. Like I think Vegas knows what they're doing there.
1: Yeah, it could be exactly six. I'm willing to risk it. There. Risk it for hopefully, the biscuit, baby. Hopefully, less as the partners get
2: their
0: pick. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interesting. Um, do you guys want to move into some college football? Yeah, word.
3: Let's dip our toes in the water.
0: Let's uh, let's get Matthew Morris into what he came in here on to do. Uh, let's let's get some college football in here. Um, the Pac twelve is uh, a... Ah. and uh, the state of college football as a whole is kind of all over the place. Um, so to we are having Mr. Matthew Morris come on. Uh, to give his take on the state of the union of the NCAA and where conference realignment uh, is having him and what he thinks his top 25 is going to look like um, and some teams in particular that he's kind of high on. So, Matthew, I'll give you the floor.
2: Yeah, so I guess we can just um, discuss the state of the Pac-12 right now and what's happening with college football. And, you know, there's a lot of moves that are on the horizon here as well as um, along with what's already happened last week, but um, strong take, um, you know, everyone's being crybabies about the PAC 12 collapsing and saying like all the tradition is gone in college sports. I personally love it. I think games are going to get a lot more competitive, a lot more entertaining. The reason why we're doing all this is for money, obviously, but um, you know, Football is the main driver of revenue within college sports. If we didn't have football, we would not have any softball or baseball or hockey or men's lacrosse or anything. So football is the driver of college sports. I think that with this move here that everyone is making, it's going to get a lot more competitive. We're eventually probably going to expand the playoff into 16-plus teams, and that's going to be incredible. So interested to hear what you guys would have to say on that.
1: You spoke on tradition with the Pac-12, coming from a Pac-12 school, all of us. What was our tradition?
2: Forks up. We're
3: We're still going to
2: play Arizona. We're going to create new rivalries with the Texas schools. We're still playing Colorado and Utah. We Who cares if we don't go up to Eugene or Beaverton, Oregon to play up there in the middle of November? Um, I'd much rather play TCU, Baylor, Houston.
1: Oh, yeah, same. No complaints. I'm just saying. I didn't really see tradition at our, our conference in general. <laughs> I felt like all the other schools – way better so this is this is honestly a good move but it it just sucks to see that it's the last year of watching pac-12 games
3: that pac-12 after dark was a staple man that was cause i know a lot of those east coast based like sports podcasts and i mean they loved having a 11 30 p.m east coast time kickoff and they could just watch you know Oregon State and UCLA shoot the shit for no reason just because it's on. Um, I like the move. I think ASU in the Big 12 and U of A move in there especially too. Um, I think that's good moves for both schools. Um, And uh, Morris, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I saw today that the University of Notre Dame is pushing for Stanford and Cal to join the ACC very strongly even though Notre Dame is in the ACC, all except for football where they're independent and people are getting kind of pissed. And I'm honestly curious about it myself because, I mean, I grew up a Notre Dame fan, but I'm like, I don't I don't see the appeal of Notre Dame really wanting them to be in the ACC. Maybe just like make it more of a rivalry or give them a reason to join. I don't know. I'd, the whole conference thing is making me lose my mind and it's kind of making me lose sight of the fact that college football is a phenomenal sport and this whole money grab politics bullshit is kind of, you know, depriving us of the essence of that.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't really see the point of Notre Dame supporting a dying conference, to be honest. Um, I think in all odds, they are eventually going to move to the big 10, it might be a while till that happens, but it just makes the most sense um, geologically and just, you know, logically. Um, the reason why they're so interested in you know those other schools becoming ACC members, I'm, I'm not too sure. I haven't really heard much about it today. Probably something I'll hear about more tomorrow. But yeah, that's definitely something that uh, is, you know, something I can look into and is interesting.
1: That's super realistic to see. Yeah. It's realistic to see Notre Dame eventually going Big Ten, though, for sure. I would love to see that move. But ACC, hell no.
2: Notre Dame versus Michigan needs to come back. That was a incredible rivalry. That last game where they had Denard Robinson playing and having that comeback, I think there's there's just an insane amount of points scored in the last two minutes. That, that was an all-timer. So looking forward to that rivalry coming
3: back. Absolutely. That was a clash of titans. That was always such a great game to watch every year.
2: Devitt, what are your thoughts on the current state of college
0: football? Um, I think I am in the minority of us um, in the hating that the pack is gone. Um, I do I do see the tradition of it all, um, and it just does break my heart that there's not going to be those matchups anymore in the pack. Um, I grew up watching pack, uh, Pac-12 football uh, back when it was the Pac-10, actually. Um, grew up watching a lot of Berkeley games. I hated their offense. I hated a lot of what Tedford did. Uh, but it was still fun, uh, to root for that stuff. Um, the Cal, Ber- uh, Cal uh, Berkeley versus Stanford game, um, was something that you look forward to a lot of the years. Um, and just as a college football fan, it's really unfortunate just to see the pack just evaporate. Um, but, um, I think it's for the better. Um, lack of leadership at the top. Uh, Definitely, uh, there was writing on the wall a long, long time ago, uh, and they just never took action. So this is the consequences of their actions, and I think the the biggest factor uh, in all this, which I was discussing with my dad, that not a lot of people are are, are kind of taking it in, um, is that the Pac-12 had an automatic bid for the college football tournament. Um, that kind of throws a wrench into a lot of the plans there, um, especially during, while they were still trying to, you know, recruit like San Diego state, Boise state, SMU, Memphis to try to like make something, make a pack eight, but it seems like they're just all gone now. Um, it's kind of just Oregon state and Washington state, uh, Cal and Stanford had momentum going to the ACC today. So, it, it, it's just kind of gone uh, and that uh, automatic bid um, I feel like does have to have to be allocated to someone else. But I mean, I guess if there's just one extra at large bid, uh, so be it uh, for the time being. Um, but I do think that that in the long run is a little unfortunate. Um, I like having, uh, having the five big conferences. Um, and it really does hurt a lot of the student athletes um, who aren't playing football. Um, I feel bad for random basketball games of when Cal will have to play, uh, Duke on a Thursday. Like that's, that's just really unfortunate, uh, for a lot of those schools, um, to have to travel cross country for, you know, when you don't have a set schedule of playing on Saturday, um, and a lot of the time in prime time, um, just throws a wrench into a lot of things, um and leaves i think the college football state less of what it used to be but it's a growing world uh the writing was on the wall and so be it we're a pac-12 school now let's roll or a big 12 school sorry hard habit to break hey the spirit
3: was there
2: and i guess in addition to cal and stanford going to the acc i feel like the writing is on the wall right now for florida state clemson and miami to leave and go to the SEC. what have you guys been hearing uh, there anything was like some, that recently uh,
0: hearing of that i have actually uh, i definitely heard some of that stuff but i don't know i feel like adding cal and, and stanford helps those teams stay um, aside from clemson those guys can't compete in the SEC. Like, I don't think they want to be Vanderbilt. Like, you're, you're screwed. Uh, if outside, uh, uh outside of football, uh, though, I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, but, ish. uh, it's hard to compete in the SEC. Um, so, if they want to, because of money, totally understand. That's what a lot of these teams are doing in the, uh, in the first place. That's why anybody makes any decision, uh, in college football nowadays. Um, so whatever.
2: And I guess that'll bring us to September 3rd when Florida State plays LSU for week one of college football. Devitt, you said that no other team except for Clemson can compete with anyone in the SEC. How are you feeling on Florida um, State?
0: Florida State, I feel like, ha- does have a chance eventually too. I don't think so this year. I thought they were terrible last year. I thought they were overrated last year. Um, a lot of the time, um, I picked against them in the fast four, I think, twice. Um, I didn't love them. Um, I thought that they were way overhyped. Um, and I I think they're, they're not getting as much hype this year, uh, So, which is probably best for them uh, because there's been so much talk about this conference realignment. Um, I think they could eventually because they're a pretty big name. Uh, eh, eh.
2: they came in at number eight in the coaches poll that
0: recently come, came out the preseason coaches poll good for them um that's probably too high um we'll see how it goes um i'll have to wait and see i don't follow a lot of the preseason stuff with college football as much as i do the nfl
2: Yeah, they got uh, big boy Johnny Wilson from ASU. So it seems like everyone from that ASU team two, three years ago is just absolute studs now. We got Jaden Daniels, Ricky Pe- Pearsall, um, El- is it, um, Eric Gentry, who is on USC, and then Johnny Wilson on FSU. Everyone on that team is just doing big things now. It's kind of tough to see. But anyways, um, just wanted to um go into the next topic which is sleeper teams who do you guys have this year that's you know kind of getting overlooked
1: asu bro every year oh my god (laughs) i'm
0: I'm kidding
1: kidding. (laughs) no i'm kidding i actually you know what i don't really have a solid opinion here because i I just it's just so hard to tell right now um i i i don't know i want to Give the mic to somebody else real quick. I just want to throw an ASU, you know, watch out. Watch out for that tutorial cup.
3: Oh man. Um I mean kinda like Sterling, I haven't been following it as closely as I'd like to be. Um But I think Sterling does have some value in even though it was kinda bullshit saying, you know, ASU is kinda <laughs> getting not as much love as i think they should i don't think they're gonna be fantastic but i think that they deserve more of a look than people have been giving them um but in the grand scheme of things um for as much love as people are giving colorado i think they're overhyped overvalued gonna shit the bed this year um respect to Dion, but i have i'm not buying whatever they're selling um You know, T- TCU made the title game last year. They're not – I don't see them doing anything really much again this year, even though they were good team. But, you know, old man Stetson Bennett put them to bed. So, it's kind of just a wait and see for me right now. Um, there's nobody that flies off my radar. But uh, one thing I will say with uh, our podcast last season covering college football, you know damn well I'm going to be riding with the sweet old Air Force Falcons again this Ride season. Or die. Um they're looking good. Look they're dominant. Um the Falcons are looking good. I'm excited for what they're gonna bring. Uh I'm expecting them to get a commander's cup this year. Um other than that, not too many sleepers. Um I think Bama's gonna kinda get their shit together this year, hopefully. Um but I don't think it's as easy as everybody's saying of just, you know, give Georgia another title. It never is. Um and you know, college football's uh it's changing every year. The senior the scene's changing every year. And it'll be exciting to see what we got this year.
2: Yeah, and also uh Lucius curious to know. Um Notre Dame came in at thirteen in the preseason coaches poll. I know that you follow Notre Dame somewhat closely. So what are your thoughts on where they're at right now in that home game against Ohio State?
3: My thoughts are same shit another year. I mean, every year in the preseason AP poll, Notre Dame is always top 15. I'm not really sure why. I mean, Notre Dame's, you know, a storied uh, program. And, I mean, 99% of Notre Dame fans never even went there. They're just the hicks that live within an hour of the place. And I know because I grew up with those hicks. So it's – I don't know why they – keep getting thrown in the AP poll like this because last year I mean we saw some Notre Dame fall to some really horrific teams um it's just I mean they're always going to stay up there because it's Notre Dame but I think if they're gonna be on the poll I think team's about as high as I would even get them um they got a good recruiting class it's not you know outlandish to put them there but like I said, same shit another year. They're going to make it the AP poll one way or another, or the coaches' poll, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't surprise me, but it's you know, it's you're kicking a dead horse. Something's bound to go wrong again. I mean, it's Notre Dame football.
2: Yeah, Devitt, you can uh go ahead. What's going on um with your thoughts on, you know, the AP poll and what's going on with college football, any um, speakers you have.
0: My thoughts for the coaches poll that came out um was a name that wasn't uh recognized inside the top twenty five, which I thought was kind of surprising, um, was uh South Carolina. Um I know Sterling uh loves them. Uh, you know, some roots there. Uh but Mr. Spencer Rattler uh, looked pretty fucking good at the end of last year. Um, and I think um, him coming back uh, helps that team a lot. Um, I don't see why they can't be in the mix for a top 25 team um, come like four or five. Um, I think they're pretty, uh, pretty solid if you have him slinging the rock. Um, I think that they should be definitely considered for a top 25 team. I'm sure that they were probably just off of the list. Um, but as sleeper teams go, um, I would definitely consider some uh some spread, spread sprinkles with the uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I did a ranking myself, and I actually had South Carolina at sixteen. So, um, really interesting to see how they didn't even finish in the top twenty-five. It looks like they were, um second in votes who for teams who didn't receive um a place in the top 25 but yeah i mean they're definitely a team that no one wanted to play at the end of last season Yeah, they had a lot of
0: momentum um they were scary spencer rattler had like well didn't he have like one game where he threw like for like seven touchdowns like it was nuts It could have been
3: against Tennessee. They, yeah, it was. They it was uh, Tennessee. I think that's right. They kicked the shit out of somebody.
0: So, I'd I'd be scared of them. Uh, to be honest, uh, of teams that aren't on the top twenty-five. I see here that Iowa uh, was the first team left off of the top twenty-five. Um, checks out. Their defense was uh, good. really really good last year. Uh, but for anyone who followed our fast four. Iowa was one of the four teams in the country that I faded uh, almost every single week. Um, those four teams being Iowa, Iowa State, uh, Hawaii, and Colorado. Um, those offenses were so, so terrible um, that an under on those games uh, or picking them against the spread was almost always a lock. Um, so them being off the top 25, uh, if their offense is you know not dead last in college football, Um, I could definitely see them being a top 25 team because their defense is always reliable. Um, And even their own backup kicker likes to place wagers on them too. So we'll, uh, uh, we love to see that.
3: Hell yeah.
2: (laughs) Shout out (laughs) that uh, that guy. uh, Well, the difference now is that they actually have a somewhat competent QB.
0: Like if, if they have any competent play on offense at all, not just from QB, um, They'll be solid. Their defense is always really good, always reliable. Um, And uh, backup kicker, uh, Blom, I think it was Aaron Blom. Um, I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Um, Favorite story to come out of, it is Aaron Blom. Uh, Favorite story to come out of uh, recent uh, college football was uh, Mr. Backup Kicker placing uh, 1,400 wagers um, and including an under- on the Iowa State versus Iowa game back in 2021, uh, when he was under the age of betting legal right uh, limits and using NIL money, um, hilarious. Uh, that is possibly the worst possible thing that could uh, that could have come out uh, for NIL. Um, that's exactly what they don't want happening, um, like to a T. Uh, so hilarious that an active NCAA athlete is, you know. Paying about twenty dollars per wager that he did. I think it was one hundred forty wagers for a thousand four hundred like total dollars or whatever. Um, Pretty sad. Pretty hilarious.
1: He is he is a backup kicker, so you can't. uh, What else is he gonna do? You know, it's only so much you can do. Could have not used nil money
0: to place wagers uh, under using your mother's name. Uh, on on college athletics, so hilarious. Uh, respect to Aaron Blom, we love that yeah. man uh, on this pod. Uh, fade Iowa at all cost. So shout out Aaron Blom. Let's get him on. He's the next. He's the next guest after Matt Morris.
1: Come on Aaron, we need you yeah, out here. We writing. need some expertise. T Y G needs you,
0: Aaron Blom.
2: <laughs> Another. Uh... Thing is doing in the state of iowa in that the iowa state qb was also accused of gambling i believe as well so you know i, I don't know what they're feeding these kids in iowa i mean we know a few kids in iowa and you know um mixed feelings on that but <laughs> um, <laughs> but um Iowa, state, state of iowa figure it out Figure it out, guys. I I don't know what this issue is. Just probably so depressed in the cornfields, all they can do is just gamble. So yeah, damn. Just,
1: uh, oh. Head in their ass, and it's not a hat. Get it out.
3: Hey, I think uh, I think Morris, you're. I think the kicker and the quarterback thing was referring to. I think they did an entire like sting. They did of Iowa and Iowa State athletes. And so got, like, awesome. Seven or eight athletes that were all gambling. So, you know what? I think there's you know some, some truth to your uh, spiteful words there, uh, Morris. It's not a whole lot to do out there in corn country.
0: Uh, to give some... Gamble.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, they do
2: know how um, to party. To give though, some sure.
0: official numbers that came from that sting, uh, just because I felt bad uh, saying whatever amount of money for whatever amount of wagers. Uh, it was 170 bets totaling $4,400 before Aaron Blom turned... Uh, Turned 21, uh, so he used his mother's name to place those wagers. Um, and that comes out about to 25 a little over $25 per wager um, using NIL money. Uh, love to see it. Aaron Blom is a dog. Um, and possibly doing the worst possible thing with NIL money. Um, breaking every rule in the book. So, hilarious. Um, college football is a reality TV show. yeah he you hey, need if you're all in to you're all in. Next week. after this episode concludes. <laughs> yes, do it right. cool.
2: um, yeah, and um just one more topic before we get into Heisman contenders and close out the college football slate here. um Devit, um I hear you are a very big Quinn Ewers fan, and Texas comes in at number thirteen in the AP poll. I know he disappointed you quite a few times that last year, but Texas is, is so Texas back. Back?
0: I'm, I'm I'm such a Quinn Ewers diehard. I'd be doing backflips on that man. Um, I I'd be doing tricks on it. Like I I ride or die for Quinn Ewers too many times last year for <laughs> me to back down now. Uh, I I don't know what the spread will be uh, for their first uh, matchup, but Texas. Whatever the spread is, they're covering. Uh, in week one, I'm gonna make sure that they're in my fast four as long as the spread isn't atrocious. Yeah, well, I'm uh, checking see. whatever that like they're
3: playing rice week. Oh, they're playing rice. What's the you got the uh, info on those numbers, Morris? Um, no, I I'll, I'll
2: find them, but you can go ahead and it looks like they're playing at Alabama week two. So that'll be a, uh, an interesting start to the season. They yes. almost had Alabama last when year. When you got won. hurt. Trappy call cost in the game. I, th- I think. They- yeah. yeah. But it's in Tuscaloosa this year. So that's going to be pretty tough. I think they have the talent to do it. Um, it's, I, I, I don't think they're going to pull it out. Though playing in Tuscaloosa is just going to be very hard, even though Alabama doesn't have a solid QB moving forward. He just, you know, can't go against Nick Saban Maybe at Cromwell home to do so.
3: Um, Devitt, to answer your question, uh, the spread I'm looking at right now for Texas versus Rice is minus thirty-five and a half.
0: Book it, book it,
3: book um, it. I'm just going to let y'all know that with this information Devitt has brought to the pod, this will be our very last episode. <laughs> um I don't want to hear anything he just said ever again. And especially going with a 35 and a half, um yeah, don't ever That's listen to so a word brutal. we say ever. Um
0: this podcast is a joke. <laughs> that that right there Yeah, I would go for it. Uh, that take right go there should it. alone go for- uh, should let you know that this is not betting advice in the slightest. Like you you, you got to know
3: Nope.
0: But regardless, Texas no, minus 35. Bullshit,
3: but uh, hey, if Morris is Dude, on board, then maybe can... we're on to something. <laughs> when good teams be playing like
2: shit teams like Rice and like UTSA. They are good. Actually, UTSA is really good. But like when ASU plays like NAU and stuff, we can easily beat them by 50 plus points. So I don't even think that's a terrible take. I'm it. I've heard worse on this pod.
1: No comment. All right.
2: <laughs> Anyways, um I guess the uh, last thing here early Heisman contenders, who do you guys got?
0: Spencer Rattler. Marvin Harrison Jr.
1: I'm just shut uh. up. <laughs> Marvin Harrison <laughs> <I'm choking>. Jr. <laughs> Ooh, honestly, yeah. Hot take. Yeah. I dig it though.
0: It's, yeah, it's that's uh, I mean, I think he's very capable of having that quality of a season this year. He's that good. He's the best wide receiving prospect I've seen like outside your, of Jamar Chase hey. and Justin Jefferson. Like he's that good. Like outside of those two, probably the best uh, wide receiver prospect I've seen ever.
2: Wow, what are your thoughts on his uh, QB asked, then Kyle
0: McCord? Get the ball to uh Marvin Harrison and you'll be able, you'll be doing just fine, buddy.
2: So the thing is he actually played in high school with Mark Harrison jr. And just seeing how Ohio state did not seek a transfer QB in the transfer portal, something has to be up. He has to be pretty solid, you know? So like Alabama, they went out and had to get a transfer last minute because what they had probably wasn't good enough since Ohio state hasn't been seeking a transfer. I assume that Kyle McCord has to be pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, he's Aaron at Harrison plus is? 2,000 right now. So Perfect. that might be a good Lock it for in. yeah. for you. And interesting odds here um, for Heisman favorites. Caleb Williams comes in at plus 500. Jaden Daniels comes Damn. in second at plus 900. I was just going to bring him up. What are your guys I was
1: just going to bring him up. Uh, last year, he looked pretty damn good towards the towards the stretch um i think he has a big year as well and if with that being said he's definitely in this conversation uh behind caleb williams of course i i honestly do think it's caleb's
0: it, it it's, it's obviously it's his to lose caleb but i mean plus 500 is not worth it uh, <laughs> placing a, a wager um uh, and has anyone ever gone back to back uh no. heisman I don't think they have. I don't believe so. No,
1: I don't. Someone definitely has. We'll had do it, some but fact checking here uh,
0: right at the end here at TYG. But I'm guessing from like the 60s. From what I can recall, I don't think there has been anyone who's repeated. Just found it, it was,
3: out? Uh, it was Archie
0: Griffin right.
2: in 1975. Um, if anyone's
0: gonna uh, do a repeat since 1975, it would be Caleb Williams. He's he's the consensus number one overall pick. But you know, I I, I just want to throw out a, a fun pick. Give me give me Marvin Harrison. Give me a give me a wide receiver again.
3: I kind of like that. I think that we one, should maybe not. A, I think we should fair. all like pick our Isn't own Heisman. Caleb my pick, yeah, who is it going to be Caleb Williams Because like you said, it's Caleb's lose. My pick is going to be Sam Hartman. Um, He is the new University of Notre Dame quarterback. I'm picking that strictly on bias. And plus, he was really good at Wake Forest last year. Um, I think he brings a lot to the table for an already capable Irish team. Um, but then again, like I was saying before, it's kind of same shit another year with them throwing thrown in an ap but i really like this kid and i think if anybody's going to turn him around it's going to be him yeah sam
2: hartman is an absolute dog he's part of the reason why i think that game um notre dame versus ohio state in south bend i think it's going to be really close and honestly i can see notre dame pulling that out just because of sam hartman that factor to play there uh for my picks i, I like i like two of them um Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington, big Penix energy. Um, Hell yeah, he is gonna be really good. He puts up big numbers. If Washington can, you know, go like eleven and one this year, maybe make it to the Pac-12 championship, I think he would be in really good shape I was there. And him then too. Blake Corum out of Michigan, he's at he's at plus um, what twenty eight hundred. Like that's ridiculous. He was. He was second right behind Caleb Williams until he got hurt last year. So I I feel like that's, you know, just a really good betting pick right there. And this is not betting advice. (laughs) This is betting advice from Matt Morris,
0: just not from trust your gut. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I
1: was going to, I would do that.
3: I was, I take out a second and then mortgage. Sterling, and you're Michael
1: up Penix. for the Last Heisman pick. <laughs> uh, my pick here. I'm going with. I'm going with, uh, with Jaden Daniels, man. I love what he did. No down the stretch last season. I think he has. No, nah, no rattler. That was just just Josh in there, but um, I, <laughs> but but it would be cool to see Spencer do some do some cool shit down in South Carolina. Have a big season, be a little bit in the conversation, but not quite. Um, yeah, that would be cool too. I'm going Jaden. He's plus six thousand.
0: Uh, last question: uh, What are Bo Nix's odds? I would never place that uh, that that wager, but because I I hate him. Sixteen hundred. So stupid. I hate oh, wow. Bo Nix like with a burning passion. That's He's so bad, than Harrison Jr. <laughs> I hate that, that man. I like so many people love him. I don't get it. I think he's terrible.
2: No, he's bad. Ugh, whatever, bro. He's only in his sixteenth year. Exactly. <laughs> like
0: it would be like placing Damn, a Heisman wager a on Stetson Bennett last year. Like, come on. Like, ugh. All right, you guys have anything else you want to uh, want to mention? We kind of went a little over today.
3: This was in-depth, but I think we uh, covered a lot. Um, Morris provided a lot of beautiful insight that otherwise we would have not given. And I, I think we did well today, boys. I think so, too. All right. Well, invite me back
2: when you have the college football betting podcast. And it is gambling advice.
0: Thanks for joining us, Matthew. Uh, we definitely went over uh, this week because of uh, our guest spot. Um, We love having you, bud. Uh, We'll definitely bring you back on. Um, Any other uh, words of advice to the people before we uh, take off for this week?
3: Uh, Just watch preseason
1: football on Sunday.
3: Yeah, watch preseason ball. Um, Don't gamble because nothing we say is probably right, but it's fun. So do a... do you live life, watch football?
0: That's where I throw sports. in the AI-generated uh, sports gambling warning. Please bet responsibly. Yep. Yeah, from Sexy Siri. My yep. request from Matt Morris.
3: <laughs> Make it, like, slightly, slightly I'll, seductive. I'll try to do, like, a... <laughs> oh, not too sexy. Sex. I'll try to
0: get, like, a Scarlett Johansson <laughs> voice, uh, like, from the movie Her. I'll try to get, like, a Scarlett Johansson <laughs> AI voice for, for something or something
3: future oh yeah brother
0: <laughs> all right we'll catch you guys uh probably next week uh same time so uh have a good one uh stay safe out there peace
3: have a wonderful Until night. next time